Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Duff Differently. I'm Rabbi Utsteyer, and today we are studying Duff Memzain 47 of the fourth chapter of Tractate Erovin. We're going to look at a concept that we have encountered already on previous Dapim, but so far haven't really explained what it is. Koneshwut, acquiring residence. The Gemara on Memzain bed states, Amarav Yehuda Amar Shmuel. Hafetzei Nochi ein kunin shvita. Rav Yudha said in the name of Shmuel, Objects belonging to a Gentile do not acquire residence for Shabbat. What does that mean? The idea is that once an object has been put down on Shabbat, it will acquire residence of that very spot and hence cannot be moved anymore. Let's remember our Mishnah on 41 Bet for a moment. He whom Gentiles, or an evil spirit, have taken out, meaning beyond the permitted Shabbat limit, has no more than four cubits in which to move. This is the reason that Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yoshua held by their opinion that they only could move within four amot while being on board a moving ship. They simply assume that being on the ship meant that they had acquired residence, and the walls of the ship did not constitute a trom in which they were allowed to move. Rabban Gamliel believed that on a constantly moving ship there would never be a moment in which one would be Kone Shvita. The same also applies for our articles that are placed anywhere outside one's trom. Once put down, they acquire residence and fall under the moving restrictions. Now here our Gemara discusses if the principle of Konesh Vita also applies to property that belongs to non-Jews. The understanding is here that an object follows the restrictions of its owner, meaning property of a Jew fall under the moving restrictions as these objects are Konesh Vita, but objects belonging to non-Jews are not Konesh Vita because non-Jews are not subjects to the limits of Shabbat. Now the Gemara throws in here the objection, but what about ownerless property known as Hefka? Hefka property also is not Koneshvita, although they have no owner at all. And so one might assume that these items are Koneshvita on their own. If Hefka isn't Koneshvita, then obviously Gentile property isn't Koneshvita. But the Gemara quotes a ruling of Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri saying, that Hefka property does acquire residence and hence can't be moved, but non-Jewish property does not. The Gemara then presents an opinion saying that Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri actually says the opposite. Non-Jewish property does indeed acquire its place on Shabbat, becomes Koneshvita. Rabbi Chia Ba'abin, however, laid down in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, the objects of a Gentile acquire their place for Shabbat a restriction having been imposed upon those of a Gentile owner as a preventative measure against the infringement of the law in the case of those of an Israelite owner. 
Aha! We suddenly see that the discussion about Gentile property is actually only a fig leaf. We are not talking about the status of non-Jewish property, but we see that the concept of Gentile is used as a legal category to explain the various implications of the halachic concept of konishvita of property. The Gemara comes and brings an illustration. Again, there's no reason to assume we are talking about a real case here. But by now, we have become so familiar with the imagined scenario that we can follow along in this legal debate. The Gemara comes with the following case story. Some ramhorns arrived to the village of Mabrakta and Rabba allowed the residents of Mahutsa to purchase them. Ravina said to Rabba, what do you base your decision on? And continues to point out to him that according to the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan, the objects of the Gentiles are Koneshvita and hence it should not have been permissible to move them. Now, the Gemara assumed here that the Gentile traders had brought the horns from beyond the Trom Shabbat. And we are assuming here, and this is also what Rashi explains, that Machutza was situated 4,000 Amot from Mabrakta, and both places were connected by their respective Trom Shabbat. Now you might immediately object and say, how can it be that they could buy anything in the first place? It's Shabbat. It's one of the 39 Melachot. Right. But if you look at the outer margin of your Gemara, you see a commentator, Rabbeinu Hananel, who explains the scenario. He writes that this took place on Yom Tov. And on Yom Tov, certain items needed for Yom Tov may actually be acquired on credit. But nevertheless, Rabba ruled, let them, meaning the horns, be sold to the people of Mabrakta, since in their case all Mabrakta is deemed to be only four cubits in extent. We see here that Rabba does indirectly refer to Rabban Gamliel's ruling of the cattle pen and the ship that we talked about on Membet Amudbet, and which, according to Rav, is indeed the accepted halacha. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.